Welcome to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. We are delighted that you are here because this is for you. We do this to help you find and live your purpose, the good purpose that's uniquely yours. Because when you find it, everything starts to just fall into place. You're happier, you're more peaceful, you have better relationships with good people. It is remarkable what happens when you are living in the sweet middle of your purpose, the purpose that you've been perfectly matched to live. The great news is you're in the right place to find it. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello again. I'm so glad that you're joining me for the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. Okay, last week we talked about being in survival mode and how you get through when you find yourself in survival mode. And if you didn't listen to it, that's fine. Maybe you're not in a place in your life where you need it uh, right at this moment. But, uh, and gosh, I, you know, I'm a positive person. I hate to be the bearer of difficult news. But none of us gets through this life completely unscathed. Uh, we all, at some point in time, find ourselves having basically taken a punch to the gut. Um, you know, it's different for everybody. It can be the loss of a job, the loss of a marriage, um, uh, the, the loss of our finances, whatever the situation. I realized today that it probably makes sense to talk about grief and loss and how that relates to our purpose. So, Whenever it makes sense for you or someone that you care about uh, who's in survival mode, go back and listen to that. Today we're going to talk about um, the, just the feelings involved with grief and loss and how, how that can really derail us from finding and living our purpose and experiencing the joy, the contentedness, the sense of satisfaction, the healthy relationships, the wellness, all that goes along with living your purpose, we can miss the whole thing when we fall into the ditch of dealing with grief and loss. And, you know, we're, we're all going to deal with it at some point. How we deal with it and how we recover from it determines the extent to which we are able to live our purpose. So it's important that we talk about it because this is real stuff. And unfortunately, it's... It's just the reality that some people really don't recover well. Some people fall into the ditch of grief and loss, and I call it the ditch. Sometimes it's a deep well. Uh, and sometimes they don't, they don't get out. And when we, when we go there and we stay there and don't get about, it's really a tragedy 
because we weren't meant to go through this life um, held down, held back, restrained from living the life that we were created to live, perfectly matched to live. In fact, to the extent that we live outside of what we were created to do, we're happy or unhappy. It's really a direct measurement. If we're miserable, it's a really good indicator that we're outside of our purpose. When we're in our purpose, just, you know, up to our earlobes in living our purpose, it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's easy. It can still be really tough. It can really still be uh, very taxing. But somehow, because we're made for it, we have the vitality for it. We have the energy for it. We have the patience for it. And, and we have what it takes to do it expertly. And there are people who need it. So we really can't afford the luxury of staying in that place of grief over loss for very long. Okay, so now all of my mental health professional friends, don't freak out like I'm saying that, you know, we can't grieve our losses. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, let's not go there and stay there. I've known people who went there and stayed there. And it's not pretty. My grandmother was one of those people who spent her entire life grieving the fact that she felt that she married the wrong person and that he was abusive and he was mean. And she talked about the, and some other boy in high school who liked her. I'm talking about on basically on her deathbed, you know, 40 plus years after the fact, she's still talking about the, the mistakes that she thought she made and how she was dealt a bad hand and how much better her life would have been if she would have taken another avenue and, you know, on and on and on. Well, you know what? When you are still talking about and thinking about and ruminating over something that happened many years ago, it's a pretty good sign that you're not in your purpose. And in truth, when we do that, every minute that we spend talking about what happened, what went wrong, who did us wrong, what unfair thing happened, how our whole life is unfair, all of that, every minute that we spend doing that is a minute we're not spending finding and living the amazing purpose for our lives. And I kind of actually, okay, I'm going to say something that's, that may feel like um, cold water splashed in your face. But when we do that, when we spend more time talking about what's unfair than finding and living 
the purpose for which we were perfectly matched and created, I actually think it's a slap in the face to God himself. Yeah, I know. That's really hurtful. But I, I'm hoping that we all wake up. And I'm telling you, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty, if not more so, than anybody else in talking about what's unfair and what went wrong and what should have, should have, could have, would have. I mean, I spent the first, I don't know, 40 years of my life feeling sorry for myself, really, if I'm just going to say it how it really is, about my parents leaving and I didn't get, I didn't have the life that I should have had, that other people had. And, you know, I didn't get the kind of education. I mean, I'd probably still be in school if it was up to me because I love education. And actually, if I flip the narrative and say, oh, from, uh, I feel so bad. You know, I wish I would have gotten the education. All my friends got the education. They have, they all had a, a fabulous education. Okay. If I flip it and say, you know what? I was motivated to become an autodidact because of the fact that I didn't get the traditional education. So therefore, I mean, to this day, I'm a continuous learner. Some of those friends I had who, you know, went on to the master's degree, who went on to the doctorate, who had the family who said, no, no, you don't work. Your job is to go to school, get your degrees and get your career going and all that stuff. And, and I would look at them and be so jealous. And, but, you know, some of them finished their education, went on into their career. And uh, one person specifically said to me, I'm going to never pick up another book. Um, and, and I think, I mean, okay, that's, that's this person's life. But I, but I think it's a tragedy because, um, gosh, I would hate for my learning to have stopped in 1985 or whatever. So whatever it is that comes along and knocks us off, of our um, even keel, the loss, loss of somebody we love, loss of the job that we didn't want to lose, whatever it is, let's not stay there. Let's give ourselves some time. I used to jokingly say, all right, I would point to my watch, tap, tap, tap on the watch and say, okay, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and I would, I would give myself 10 minutes. I'm not sure this is the right thing to do, but this, this is what worked for me. I would give myself a specific amount of time to cry, to write, because that's what I do. That's how I process things, uh, to write the whole thing out. Here's what happened. And just get it all up out of me. Because for me, and maybe this is the case for you, maybe this will help you. I don't know. Some people want to talk stuff out. I just wanted to write everything out. And however you do it, getting it up out of you, to me, is like getting a, getting a toxin, poison, up out of you. Because if it's just in there and you leave it in there, um. I think it can harm you. I think it can harm your health, your mental health. 
your spiritual health. And it might even, I mean, I'm not in medicine, I don't know, but it might even harm your physical health. So get it up out of you. And then, you know, whatever you do with that, you might save those things. You might want to tear it up. You might want to burn it up, shred it. But when your time that you've allotted yourself for grieving the loss is over, that's when you say, all right, what did I learn from all this? How can this make me better? How can this move me closer to my purpose? So for me, um, I've lost some people recently. And I just, I gave myself that time to cry and, and I, I'm not 100% sure that I'm really over it. And, and I'm not sure that we're ever really completely over it. But, but the best way, I think, for me anyway, to pull the nuggets of gold the lessons out of stuff that really hurts us and then and then weave them into the fabric of our being so that we have them forever is to just look back and say what did i learn how am i better who am i because of this person that situation that job if you were a victim of a violent crime, for example, you might be thinking, oh, this lady's an idiot. What good could come? Well, if you were the victim of a violent crime, you probably now have an awareness of that kind of thing that you didn't have before. You likely have a soft spot in your heart for people who have gone through that same kind of thing or who are going through it right now. Maybe you're more aware of the things like that that are happening to others all the time. For example, a family who loses their teenager to a drug overdose, or I won't even say overdose, let's say it's a fentanyl, which is you know poisoning, fentanyl-laced drug. Well, all of a sudden, that family becomes acutely, excruciatingly, painfully aware that something like 175 people die every single day in the United States of drugs. And that's only the people who die, you know, not to mention the people who um, are impaired for the rest of their lives. So, when, when that kind of thing happens, and now all of a sudden you're aware, some people become advocates. Some people start talking about these things and raise awareness. And in that awareness, maybe somewhere along the line, somebody else passes that information on to their kid. And maybe a life is saved. A person who's been raped or robbed or whatever survived a violent crime has an empathy and an understanding now that cannot be learned from a book or in a classroom 
whatever lived experience you have, that is an intimate awareness and familiarity of that particular subject. And it gives us an empathy for others that go through something similar. And empathy is a softening of the heart that is powerful. And that might sound strange to somebody who's, you know, still in the midst of, of dealing with that. It feels debilitating, but it can turn into an empowering situation. I could go on and on about all the different types of grief and loss. In my case, losing these people that I've lost, I, I, I went back and said, okay, what did I learn from this person? Why did God connect us? And in one case, I came away with many, many things that this sister girlfriend of mine shared with me. She told me that she thought that my life was all about how to. That I just didn't go through something and keep going. That I stopped and tried to tell other people who are still there how to, how to get out of it, how to find their way out of survival mode, how to deal with obstacles, how to go around, climb over, dig under, blast through. But it was all how to, and it was, it was kind of, it was eye-opening for me when she said that. And she gave me specific examples and I thought, hmm, okay, well, I can only tell so many people, I, I guess I better write down what I've learned and hopefully it can help others. And so it was one conversation with that one friend that really launched me in writing books. She was the foster mom who said, would, would you talk to this, my 17 year old daughter, her foster daughter, but she never said foster daughter. That was her daughter period, her heart child. And so she really, changed the trajectory of my life. I've written 15 books now. I never would have written a book if it hadn't been for her. Another person I recently lost and have been grieving. Um, one conversation. And he said, oh, why don't you start your own business? And it was like the light went on in a dark room. Yeah. Huh. Why don't I? And I did. And I think we were able to do a lot of good for a lot of years. So, you know, whatever, whatever the loss is, go back and say, how am I different because of it? What did this person say to me? What did this person show me with their life? What did the situation teach me? And then just incorporate that into your life. And it's an honor, it's honoring the person or the situation, even if it was a terrible, painful situation, something good can come out of it. You collaborate with God, pray, ask God, okay, what possible good can I mine out of this? What nugget of gold can I take out of this excruciatingly painful situation 
If you do that, God will show you. Because he said in his word, Romans 8, 28, he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And the Rhonda paraphrased version of that is that he'll work all things together for good for those who are willing to cooperate and collaborate with him. He doesn't reach down from heaven and just make arrangements for us and we just, you know, lay on the sofa and eat potato chips. We have to get up. We have to take a step in his direction. Most of the time, he doesn't ask us to meet him halfway. But we have to take a step. We have to be willing to receive the knowledge, the inspiration, the lesson, whatever it is that he's trying to show us. And I, for me, I've found that when I don't, when I want to stay in the ditch, when I want to keep feeling sorry for myself, when I want to keep crying and I'm just really not ready to be over it, all I'm doing is postponing God's plans, which is um, ridiculous because by doing that, it's like I'm saying, no, my, my, my idea is better. Uh, I'm just going to do what I want to do right now. And isn't that really what sin is all about? Focusing on me and myself and what I want and what I feel instead of saying, okay, God, what are you trying to get through to me? What are you trying to reveal to me? I know whatever it is will be a stepping stone closer to you, closer to your purpose, closer to joy and peace. I mean, that's, that's what God has for us. Jesus said he came that we should have eternal life and life more abundantly. Well, life more abundantly is here. I want that ab abundant life and I want it for you. That's why I do this. It's about finding that life that God has for us and then living it joyfully, peacefully. Let's do that. Deal with your grief. Learn from your loss. And in some cases, I'll finish with this, in some cases I think that the loss and the grief is actually the turning point toward our purpose. It was for me in, in the sense that I spent a lot of time grieving my parents leaving, being raised by people who were abusive and living in poverty and all that, blah, blah, blah. If you want the full story, it's on my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G and click about and you'll get more information than you want. But I realized, okay, those just weren't random things that happened. Now, God didn't make my parents leave. He didn't make my grandparents abuse me. He didn't make us live in poverty. But he knew it was going to happen. And he knew what good he was going to bring from it. As a result of the poverty, I learned money management. As a result of being abandoned, I learned to be self-sufficient and independent. That was very handy when I became the CEO of my own company and there was nobody there to help me. Abuse 
when I was too little, too vulnerable to prevent it, to fight back, to hide, to run, gave me an empathy for victims of child abuse that I just don't think you can get any other way. You can be sympathetic and you can want to help and all that kind of stuff. But until you've had the lived experience of the people who are supposed to take care of you, abusing you, you just really cannot fully comprehend it. The experience of the little shack that we lived in being destroyed by fire and then us being homeless when I was eight years old. It was so unfair. And it, it, that and the abandonment and the abuse, all of it developed in me this burning desire for justice. I hate unfair things. So then fast forward, when my very first job was in an insurance agency, and I didn't even know what insurance was, and I, you know, uh, but that's the guy who hired me, so so I tried to do my very best, and I realize now what God did is that he took the fact that we were homeless because of an uninsured fire, and he put me in an insurance agency where I began to grasp that if people have appropriate insurance, they won't be homeless because of an uninsured fire. And then he introduced me to Hildy Waker's children's home, a home where abused children lived. They were required by law to have insurance. And all of a sudden, the light went on. I was supposed to protect and defend the good people and organizations that take care of abused children because I understood child abuse in a way that you can only understand it if you've had it happen to you. And I understood the importance of appropriate insurance because I had lived in the park for months, from June until November of the year that I was eight years old, wore the exact same little dress I was wearing that the, when the fire happened. Every day, imagine how filthy I was. No shower, no bath, no hair washed. Same dress, day and night, every day for months. Eating food out of trash cans or whatever fish we caught at the lake that day. I understand what it is to be homeless. I know how to do it. I know how to survive it. And what God did in putting me in an insurance agency, positioning me, qualifying me to insure private nonprofit child welfare organizations all over the United States, that's what it means when God says in Romans 8.28 that he will work all things together for good. If we will just step up and do our part. See, God works through us. I've noticed that he doesn't reach down from heaven and just make a deposit into my bank account. But when I get up, show up, do my best, tell the truth, care about other people, uh, help the best I can, the best way I know how, 
whatever that is in any given situation, then God shows up and he takes my uh, meager little efforts, my flawed self, and he, and he adds his, I don't want to say magic, that's wrong. That's probably blasphemous. <laughs> but, he, you know, but he adds his touch to stuff and it just takes the meager little effort that I've made and it makes it amazing. Really remarkable, sometimes spectacular. And I'm not saying that because it was me. I hope you're understanding. I hope I'm communicating this well enough to be understood that it's God. And he'll do that for you too. Whatever you've been through, whatever you've learned, find the lesson because it may be for you like it was for me where that's the grief, the loss, where that's the whole point. That's the thing that points you toward your purpose. See, going back to all the things I didn't have and feeling sorry for myself because I didn't, you know, get my doctorate that I wanted and that I didn't, you know, have the family that loved me and blah, 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 all the things that I thought that I lost and was grieving. When I finally, when the light went on in my head and I, and I finally realized that what God did is he filled in all the stuff that I thought I lost with his plan it was so much better so much more beautiful than anything i could have come up with i mean the people i met in the work that i did the relationships that i have now i mean lifelong really good really solid relationships till death us do part because of all that it was in that work I found my husband. It was in that work I found my best friend. It was in that work that I found the most amazing mentors and sisters and brothers and all these people who have enriched my life in ways that there's just not time to really fully talk about. I want that for you. So ask God, all right, what good do you want to bring? out of my loss, out of my grief. And then really listen, pay attention to what happens. Because I don't know about you, but I don't hear a booming voice from the sky. I wish I did. It would be so much easier if God would just speak to me in an audible voice, or if he would send me an email with bullet points, please, Jesus. Uh, but no, that's not how it works. For me, anyway, I pray. And then I just pay attention to the ideas that come to my head, to the opportunities that are presented to me, to, you know, who calls and what do they say? And, and then when I hear or think, perceive, however you want to say it, hmm, this is interesting. I prayed about this and I actually write everything down. So I prayed about, I prayed about this on this date and then on that date, two days later, three days later, 20 minutes later, this happened. Then I have a choice. You have a choice. We can act on what we prayed about and we heard or perceived. And then we act. If you act on it, that's your step. That's your step toward God. 
and his plan. So I think even if even if it really wasn't God, and even if it's a step in the wrong direction, God can still make it work for good. Because if you're trying to follow him, if you're trying to find him and follow him and live the life that he has for you, he'll work it all together for good. Even if it was a step off the path, off of his path in a wrong direction, he'll bring you back. I've noticed that God's plan doesn't always go like point A to point B. Uh, God's plan sometimes is really circuitous. I mean, almost to the point of me getting car sick. But <laughs> it's, it's the best plan because every time you go through something, every time you lose something, every time you grieve something, if you learn something and you incorporate it into your heart, your mind, your spirit, your soul, your actions, your attitudes, you'll be better for it. All right, so that's it for today. And uh, I want to give you a note about uh, my wonderful partner, Jenny Christensen, because by now you may, might be saying, well, where's Jenny? So um, Jenny is very busy with her life, with God's plan for her life of educating middle schoolers and pouring into their lives every day. And so she'll be back at some point in time. God's plan is perfect. In the meantime, you're stuck with me and different guests. I have amazing guests coming up. You don't want to miss it. So I hope that you'll subscribe and please share this. In fact, this is something, these are the kinds of things, this path toward purpose uh, that are fun to do with other people. Sometimes we recognize things that other people miss and they see things about us that we don't see. We all have a blind spot. So share this with a friend. Actually do this with, with a friend and life will be richer. All right, see you next week. Did you know that the very things that have hurt the most can be the things that help you create a successful life? It's true. You can succeed in life, personally and professionally, not just despite what you've been through, but specifically because of it. You gained character traits. You learned specific abilities that you would not have acquired any other way. I want you to get a copy of my book, Succeed Because of What You've Been Through. Go to my website, rhonda.org, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G, and get your copy today. Have you thought about writing a book, but you just kind of don't know where to start? Or maybe you don't have the time? If that's you, I have good news for you. I created an online self-paced micro-learning course that breaks everything down. My formula for writing a book in days instead of weeks or months or years. It breaks everything down into small, bite-sized pieces that are manageable, that you can get done. You can write your book and you should because your story matters. What you've learned along the way matters and can help other people. My online course will teach you about publishing and marketing as well as writing and editing and getting your book out there. We'll even talk a little bit about 
public speaking, and media, go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G, and click on online courses. Scroll down to write your book in days and start right now. Thanks for joining us at the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. Listen, we do this for you. It's all about helping you live the purpose that you were born to live. Because when you do that, you get the peace and joy and good relationships that you strive to have. This is real success. So we hope that you'll share this with a friend, subscribe, and come back and see us next week. And we would love to hear from you. Go to findyourpurposenow.org. Thank you.